You're listening to the Shoulder Tap Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salen, the Cape Fear Man, and thank you for joining us today. You know, on the Shoulder Tap Podcast, we speak to leaders in men's ministries to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. It is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry, and we also enjoy giving the everyday man of our churches a chance to tell their story about their walk with Christ and how God is using them in ministry. Now, occasionally we deviate from talking about men's ministry and have individuals on to discuss other areas of ministry we need to give consideration. And today we're going to do just that as I have with me Dennis Gillen of the organization of Half Half, Half a Sorrow Foundation. Excuse me, Dennis, I got tongue-tied there for a minute. But Dennis is on a mission to reverse the stigma of getting help for one's mental health. With the current trends, he's, he's hoping to reverse and, and complete his suicides and to seriously reduce the stigma associated. Dennis has been deeply touched by suicide, and after years of sitting on the sidelines, he jumped into helping those in need by working on the suicide prevention hotline when he lived in Chicago. And after moving to uh, South Carolina, Dennis got involved with the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and is on the board of the local state chapter. In this capacity, he gets to lobby lawmakers for additional funding for suicide prevention and raise funds and awareness to help combat the rise in completed suicides in America. Dennis, Dennis's real calling is telling his personal story of how he sort of recovered from the losses and what he has learned along the way. He is an author, he's a TEDx uh, speaker, and he's just an all-round good guy. Dennis, I thank you for joining me today. Appreciate it. Well, Mike, thank you very much. And I, I think we'll when I picked my foundation name, I, I should have picked something shorter, but we get it. I think if I explain it right off the bat, it makes sense. It's a shared joy is a double joy. A shared sorrow is half a sorrow. And that's where we get our name, but it's a uh, mouthful. I know. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, for people like me that can't talk very well, sometimes it can be a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> just wash my tongue and I can't do a thing with it, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question to start off. You know, as I was reading reading your uh, bio here just a little bit, I, I, it just occurred to me, um, you know, we hear things, talk about suicides and uh, a lot. And, and just recently I read some, something about a young, young girl, uh, committing suicide, and we might talk about that a little bit, what causes that. But um, it, it, I've just never heard it referred to as completed suicides. Um, I mean, a suicide is a suicide. So what's what, what, what are you talking about when you add that word to the front of a completed suicide? Well, we're trying to differentiate from the fact that, you know, in, in, in the United States, we're trying to get away from the word committed, really, because committed know it's like a crime. He committed a felony. He committed a bank right. robbery. Uh, so we're trying to get away from that and give the person grace. I think at one time, if people are trying to get away from completed now. You can never say anything right these days, but they were trying to look at, you know, completion is one thing, attempts are another. So for every death by suicide, or you would just say he died by suicide. You don't have to say commit suicide, but for every death of by suicide, there's like 25 attempts. So someone would, in the scientific community, was trying to say, all right, we have 49,495 completions. Uh, we have 1.2 million attempts. So there was a try to differentiate the two. Mm -hmm. And that's where some of that wording came in. 
Okay. Uh, well, that makes sense, I guess. It really does. I mean, we uh, uh, we want to do anything we possibly can, and that's what your ministry is all about, is trying to reverse that, that trend of completed suicide, so to speak. And, and we, we don't even want people to get to the point of where they have attempted a suicide. So, so talk a little bit about that. What, what can we do to help individuals out? that may be going through a depression or a difficult, tragic situation in their life, whatever the case may be. Well, Mike, I think one thing we're doing right now, which is what we should do, is we should talk about it. And so you have mm. me on your podcast is a huge step. So thank you for, you know, for doing that. Yeah. You know, I'm in the suicide prevention business and I'm like the last rung on the ladder. What we want to do is go upstream and talk about mental health and talk about it early, uh, especially with men. You know, you specialize in men's ministries and, my ministry covers just about everybody, but trust me, 80% of all deaths of suicide are men. So men are a big target of mine. Uh, they keep me up at night because if I do a program in the community, and I just did one, I did training for two days with a, a bunch of Lutheran men at a Lutheran camp. I said Lutheran uh, attendees, Lutherans, uh, 13, uh, 13 participants, two were men. I'd like that reversed. I'd like, you know, someday to go 11 men and two women. But it was, it was, that was the ratio. I had two guys and 11 females. Uh, females get stuff done, as you all know. That's why we're, that's why we're all dressed today because of the girls in our life. But, you know, we got out yeah, of bed. Yeah, actually, actually, my wife even told me this morning, she said, you're going to wear that today? <laughs> we all get that. But it, it's the men that, that I need in this ministry uh, big time. It's because of the 80%. So if you look at, what is it, 49,000, 495, 80%, it's by 38,000 of the deaths of suicide are guys. So we need to talk about this and talk about it more often. So Mike, right off the bat, you having me on is a big step and we're just going to, we're going to let it out there. We're going to be vulnerable, which is a hard thing for a guy to do. That's why, um, probably why we're at the 80% number. We don't want to be vulnerable. We want to, we don't want to admit, you know, I don't have it. And a lot of times we really don't have it. <laughs> you know, we don't have all the answers. That's yeah. why we rely on our faith. A lot of times we're like, Oh God, please take this from me. Cause I don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, well, That's how can, kind of, yeah, how can I, you, you say it's mostly, you know, majority of the uh, completed suicides are, are men related. How can we recognize that someone, or can we recognize when someone may be contemplating a, a suicide attempt? You know, you, maybe not recognizing that the contemplating a suicide attempt, but recognizing that something's off with one of your buddies, something's yeah. off with one of your friends and people will leave warning signs, especially around a mental health disorder. They will start withdrawing or isolating. So uh, you put on an event and some guy RCPs says, Oh yeah, Mike, I'll be there. And then the day of the event doesn't show up. All right. That, that, that warrants a phone call, you know, because we, if he's not feeling right, he's pulling away. And I always say this in my talk. I said, if someone was supposed to be here tonight and they're not here, call them. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't want a friend like that? Like, Hey dude, I went to that program that Mike put on. Uh, I saved your seat. You didn't show up. Is everything okay? Boy, we all want a friend like that, right? Someone who's checking up on us and yeah. um, people tend to isolate and pull away. And men are, we also use lethal means, you know, we're the worst at that. We go in the woods, we don't come out. Um, a lot of reasons. I don't like to talk about means, but there are a lot of reasons why men lead the pack, but I think we, we, we tend to withdraw and isolate more than women. Women emote more. They'll tell a friend, you know, heck, they'll tell us all their problems. And we won't tell them, but 
but a one, you know, I remember one time in my, uh, my marriage, I was, I was basically getting my rear end handed to me at work. I don't think I let my first wife in on it. I was getting crushed. I can understand that. I know, uh, sometimes in cases where you just don't even realize what's going on in the person's mind. Uh, I know, uh, I personally have not, have not within my immediate family have experienced, uh, um, uh, suicide or even in one who's attempted suicide. But uh, I know in my wife's family, she did have a uncle um, because he was going through a lot of medical issues. And, and, uh, and I guess because of the medical issues, he was becoming very depressed, but he, I guess he did a pretty good job of hiding it. And, uh, and one day we got that call that he had, he had done what you said, you know, he, he had isolated himself and, and took his own life. And then that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard, hard on the family when we don't recognize the difficulties. And that's, I, and I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is how could I prevented this? How could I prevented this situation from occurring? Having lost not one, but two brothers to suicide, mm-hmm. Mike, as you heard in my introduction there, thank you for doing that. It's suicide comes with a set of baggage that no other death really comes from, you know, not, not, mm-hmm. gone is gone. I don't want to compare, you know, getting like the trauma Olympics here. All premature deaths are bad. All of them, you know, mm-hmm. um, but suicide comes with that would have, could have, should have uh, baggage, you know, you know, you know, I owed my younger brother a phone call. I remember that. I remember I, I got to call Matt. I got to call Matt. Got to call Matt. I never got around to calling Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had the chance to call Matt. So it comes with that and it, and it haunts you. But, um, you know, I, in a weird little way, I have my life to live and my misery has become my mission. Uh, that's why we started the foundation to talk about this stuff. But people along the way, there's warning signs. They will leave little breadcrumbs. And what you described is a big one for guys that, are, as we get older, 44 and higher are the probably the highest suicide rates, you know, 44 and above. Not the kids. Right. We hear a lot about the kids. But it's a, you know, it's a tragedy because it's a loss of a huge lifespan. Um, you know, yeah. a 15-year-old could live to 85. You've just lost 70 mm. years of, of, of productivity, uh, being a good human. Um but it's a 44 and higher that have the higher rates per hundred thousand and loss of health is one of them, you know, a, a relationship change. I say any guy, any dude going through a divorce, somebody should ask him, are you okay? Are you suicidal? Yeah. Every yeah. guy. It's that bad. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Cause that could be very des- devastating on the guy not knowing what, where, where he's going to go, especially if it's one where he, um, he doesn't see it coming. And uh, I can see that. What is the what is the age that is predominantly this is this um, situation? Uh, people were compl- contemplating suicide or incomplete. So, what what is the ma- biggest age range in there that we see this in? Now it's the older folks. It's the older folks. It's the you know sixty five and higher. And wow. that's why you know. People look what do you think that is? What, is? what do you think that is? Well, suicide is, is a complicated issue. It warrants a complicated response. I can't, ex- I can't explain them all the way. I, I wish I right. could. Um, but I do believe there's some reflection looking back. Like, is this all this was? You know, or there's a change. Anybody, being, uh, again, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I was a guy bopping through life and I, I lost my brothers. But I think anybody in transition, Sometimes people retire and men, dudes, identify a lot with their work. Uh-huh. 
you know, that's true. What you do for a living? I worked at the mill. I, I worked over not too. My dad worked for Regalwood, you know, the paper mill, you know, uh, not too far from you. Uh, that's that's how we identify. And when that goes away, you better have something to fill it. That's why I think your ministries get involved in the church, volunteering, helping other people get what they want. will give you what you need. Um, living a life that uh, a, 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 you know, a godly life and helping others fills a lot of that void. That's why a lot of guys uh, elderly volunteer. I mean, you go to any church, it's staffed and ushers and everyone seems to be older um, because they got the time and they know what they got to do. They got to stay busy. So a lot of times people identify with your job and trust me, folks, I'm looking right at the camera now. You are more than your job. You are definitely more yes. than your occupation. Yes. God put you on this planet for a reason. There's two important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you figure out why. <laughs> yeah. And I can relate to that. I know uh, um, I retired uh, back in 2016 and before, uh, right before this ministry that uh, I run now uh, really kicked off and took off. And for probably the first two to three months, I really went into a deep, dark world, a depression, because, you know, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and heading into the office in the office by six, six thirty and work until four thirty, five o'clock and then drove an hour home and and have dinner with the bride and sit down and visit, watch a little TV and go to bed and start all over again. Then all of a sudden that's gone. It's done. You know, and well, when, the, when that alarm clock went off, Mike, when you were working, you had a purpose. Yeah. I gotta go. And mm -hmm. I think what we have to do is take that, you know, that loss of a purpose of fulfilling that job, which mm -hmm. for a lot of us, you know, you know, let's be honest, I was a salesperson. Some of those jobs, they could have gone and went. They weren't very purposeful in my life. But mm -hmm. um, like your ministry is probably more purposeful now, but you're touching these other men. We just have to replace that purpose. And that's, you know, Rick Warren has that book, you know, what is it? Uh, the purpose-driven life. Yeah. First thing mm -hmm. is, you know, you, you, this life is not about you. The purpose-driven life. How yeah. did I forget the title? Right. We're talking about purpose. Right. That, that's it. You know, but you mm -hmm. have to have something. So every guy listening to this, and every girl, you know, I'm not going to discriminate here. If, if if one of the purposes of your life was to generate income, and that goes away, work hard and diligently at fulfilling that void. Fill mm -hmm. that void and find another purpose. Mm -hmm. pray about yeah. it too. pray that yeah. God reveal. I always said to people, it took me five decades to figure out that I should be a mental health advocate. I was yeah. bopping through life and a lot of the stuff I was doing wasn't working out. And I, you know, I just finally prayed. I said, like, God, let it reveal itself. What should I do? And then God took everything away from me and said, guess what? This is, this is you stubborn <laughs> knucklehead. I've been talking to you for years and everything you touched during a crap. So this is it. You got this, do it. That's all right. You got yeah. my attention. I'll do it. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's one of the things I, I talk a lot these days to men, uh, especially retired men, is that even though you may be retired from work, God's not through with you. He still has work for you to do, and you need to you need to determine what that work is. And a lot of times it could be as an as a senior individual with a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge in, in your head of speaking into the younger generation, being a mentor to a younger generation. And uh, uh, it could be that could be your task. Um, and so that's one of the things I had to work through and understand completely is that that God's not through as long as I'm as long as I'm working. He has me walk on this planet and breathe in this air. He has he has a plan for me and a job for Amen. me to do. So Amen. anyway, so if, I'm, if he allows me to keep my health and I'm 99 years old, uh, 
I pray that I'm still doing what I'm doing today because I know this is what God's called me to do. And I think that's what the, you're, you're right. Uh, men has to have a purpose. We have to have a purpose. We have to, we have to be looking, doing something to keep our mind occupied and not get into a point of where we're dwelling on stuff that comes our way that causes us to, to roll into that area of depression because that's nothing but the enemy trying to destroy you. Absolutely. He'll call you away from like, especially he'll, he'll get you alone and tell you all these lies. We all know what he does. He roars uh, like a lion. We got it. You'll hear him coming, but just better have your ears open and listen for that and, and, and go out and find something to fill that void. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, I know you say it's mostly the older people now, but let's, let's swing the pendulum a little bit and let's go to the younger set. I mean, we hear a lot of stories of uh, teenagers and even, even, um, uh, uh, middle middle school kids who are going and ends up committing suicide, and it seems to generally center around being bullied. And um, I mean, I, I I I got this young girl in my mind right now that just within the last week uh, I read she was in the eighth grade, uh, just a few days in the school, and and uh, she took her own life. And as a as they investigated, it seemed like because of some things she wrote and wrote down and spoke to people, she was really being bullied. Um, how do we stop that? <laughs> you know, it's funny because we're on a you are on a, a, a podcast where we talk about you know our ministries and our faith, <clears throat> love God, love one another, and um, when I hear about the bullying, that's not a, that's not showing a lot of love. It's, yeah. it's hard right now. You know, I, I talk about men a lot, but the young ladies, because of the social media, they got bullseyes on them. It's mm-hmm. bad. And, and 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 you and I, Mike, when we grew up, and I'll tell you, I knew when the bully was coming up the street, and he had he had a name. <laughs> and I don't want to name him, but his name was Tommy O'Grady. No, when he was coming up the street, I could see him coming, and I can get on my bike and get away from him. Right. These kids today, that bully is in their pocket. Yeah, that bully is right there on their so you know, on their phone. That bully is sending them text messages. That's that bully is using social media. So the young girls with the Instagram and all that stuff and these really uh, ridiculously high, you know, fake standards that they have to live up to. You know, everyone's taking pictures of their food and their cheeseburgers and they're on these cruises and you're sitting at home going, well, my life's not like that. Well, neither is theirs. That's just them on their best day. So, Mike, that's unfortunate. You know, the, the young girls right now, they've had an increase in visits to the ER. That's a group that we really got to pay attention to. Women had, the, had a higher increase than men in the last provisional set of data. I think we went up like 1.8%. The women went up 3.6%. Wow. And women traditionally were low. We need them to stay low. Stay down there, ladies. Do not come up to where we are. And young girls, I, I, I feel for them. They got a lot of pressure on there because that interweb. Mm-hmm. So what is the statistics these days? You just threw out some numbers there. And, you, and, and I know you and I, when we were talking in the last couple of weeks, you said there are some new numbers that, that has come out in regards to uh, um, suicide prevention and so forth. What, what, what are we looking at now these days in statistics? Sure. We have, it's funny. Right now we have like two sets of data. Right now we have the official 2021 data and there's a lag time. And we have mm-hmm. 2022 provisional data. So right off the bat, I'll, I'll quote them both right now. The 2021 official data, we were at 48,183 Americans died by suicide. 
Mm. in 2021 and in 2022 the provisional data it went up to 49,495 almost 50,000 now mike i say it's woefully underreported uh because a lot of times at least here i'm in south carolina a lot of we have county corners and they all know each other and it's just, it's great i love living here but everybody knows everybody and if somebody dies by suicide and they maybe they took a uh, pills or something again i don't like talking about means but sometimes they'll say accidental overdose uh, to give the family grace, um, mm-hmm. not say suicide, but you know, the fact of the matter is there was a mental health issue way before all that stuff. Right. So we're, we're trending in the wrong direction. 20, I'm, I'm hopeful 2019 and 2020, both years went down mm. and it was just 21 and 22 came back up. You so, think that had something to do with COVID? You think that had something to do no. with COVID? Mm. It sounds like it's correlating with the same years. Yeah. And in 2020, uh, which is gosh, like it feels like ten years ago. Remember, we had a flat <laughs> curve. We got, you just had to stay in your house for two weeks. I remember come home, hey, two weeks, honey, this will be gone. Yeah. And here we are, you know, still remnants and all this other stuff going on. I do think that prolonged exposure, America. We fought about it. We couldn't figure out what page we're on. It uh, it wears on us. I think it weared on our psyche. Well, I know you and I talked, I don't know, it's probably been a couple of years ago, we did a podcast and you were telling me about uh, uh, them coming, the, the the national network was coming out with a three-digit number, I think it's 988, is that correct? And, yes, sir. Uh, and I'm seeing that being, on, uh, being uh, uh, communicated quite frequently on, on the uh, TV these days. Uh, um, how's the success rate of that new new number interesting because it went from yeah thank you for pointing that out and that was something we worked on for years and this is kind of cool if you're a political junkie i don't care what side of the aisle you're on um the 988 legislation started out in the obama administration and was signed by trump which shows me that both sides agree that this is something that's important mental health seems to be this great unifier you know like i don't care where you are on the political spectrum we need to spend more money on mental health. I got it. So <clears throat> 988 came out about a year ago, but we didn't want to advertise it too much. I was working on some committees here in South Carolina because you didn't want to overwhelm the system. It was a big switch from 800-273-8255 to 988, which everybody can remember that. 988, three mm-hmm. digits. They didn't want to hype it up too much and celebrate it or make a big fanfare over it because we could have overwhelmed the operators and you, you don't want to do that. And I used to right. work on the suicide prevention lifeline and it was nonstop. It was the quickest four hours of my life. Boom, answer the phone, boom, hang up, bang, bang. So now you're starting to see <clears throat> PSAs. We've given all those centers in America time to ramp up personnel. There are grants out there to help, you know, bring on new people, new technology, make it work with each other. We have a, like a patchwork, it's almost a network of, of these sites. Here in South Carolina, I can only speak to this one, where uh, one of ours is a volunteer site, Mental Health America, and we just brought on a backup site out of Charleston, South Carolina, that's going to be through the South Carolina Department of Mental Health. So those two, you know, a nonprofit working with the state agency should cover our state, mm-hmm. hopefully, or not. And no matter where you are, and this would make sense, Mike. You know, you're in North Carolina, one of my favorite places, Cape Fear area. You know, my mom and dad retired to Wilmington. I love your yeah. area. And um, if someone from Wilmington calls, you want someone from North Carolina to answer that call because they can match them up proper resources. You know, here's yeah. where you need to go. You need to go down to Carolina Beach. You know, you got to either go to this 
this psychiatrist, this, they have openings. You need to match them up. So that's why it's important. Like if I got a call, if someone in North Carolina called and someone from Nebraska answered it, you know, you'd say, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Wilmington. They'd have to get a map out and go, where's that? You know, I have no yeah, idea where that right. is. Are you, they go, are you near Asheville? Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Other side space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so good. Well, Dennis, you go to, um, Churches, you mentioned it earlier. You were at you were at a Lutheran facility or a Lutheran event there um, earlier in the podcast. But uh, uh, you go to various churches and organizations and events and and present uh, uh, about suicide prevention. Uh, how would someone get up with you to do that if they would like to have you come and, and share with them? Oh, it's so easy. You just got to you know, look at my name, Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, and my foundation, Half Asara. So it's Dennis at halfasara.org. Go to my website, halfasara.org, and say, book me or inquire about it. I, it's funny you say that because I got done. I'm mission-based. I'm not theology-based. I believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I do believe there. I'm all in. But, you know, I, don't, I won't get caught up in the minutia of your church. So I've spoken at a Lutheran church. I've spoken at a Presbyterian church. I've spoken at a non-denominational. I did the Baptist convention. I did a Catholic church uh, men's conference. I'm going to an Episcopalian this weekend. You name it, I'll go. Wherever God speaks, you know, he says, breathe this into your... And what's really cool, Mike, and what you're doing in your ministry and all this stuff, it's really cool to see the churches open up the doors to this conversation. right. right. So it's really cool to see non-denominational, you know, strict, you know, ultra conservative, you know, crazy liberal church. I don't care. I got yeah. you. It's, it's yeah. humans versus the dirt. You let me in. Let me in. We'll talk about it. And there's seven suicides in the Bible. So in a, in a faith-based setting, I get mm. to talk about that. And good news for all of us, there's an intervention in the Bible. Mm. Paul and Silas and Acts are sitting in a prison and the earthquake comes. And down go the walls. And the jailer had one job. <laughs> Just make sure these guys don't escape. He sees the walls, the dust. He pulls out his sword. And Paul says, stop. We're still here. Yeah. yeah. He just stopped the suicide. Yeah. Yay. That's awesome. I and mean, we know how that story goes. Because then he brings Paul. How do I get saved? Brought him home. The whole family got saved. It's a great ending. Yeah. So a lot of good things can happen if a suicide is averted. Thank you, Paul and Silas. Amen. Amen. You know, that, that is so true. That's so true about that. You know, one of the, one of the verses I, I speak to men a lot about the importance of, it comes out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, where it talks about two are better than one because there's great return of their labor. And, and I speak to them about the importance of having another man in your life in the men's ministry world. I guess it works. It would work the same in the women's world too. But the uh, the point is, is that uh, uh, Jesus never sent his his disciples off to do work by themselves. He always sent them by twos. And I think that's very important for us men to even realize the the importance of having a buddy, having a buddy system. Uh, somebody I'd say a lot of times that you can call at two a.m. in the morning if you need to for any reason whatsoever. We need those kind of guys. But the scripture goes on to say, you know. Or if one falls down, there's another there to pick him up. And you know uh, it. And, yeah. And it's great to be able to have someone who is so close to you and knows you so well that uh, they, they do see when you are not acting right and they can start asking the hard questions to check it, to check on you and make sure things, things are going well. But what's really sad, in my opinion, for men is what that verse says at the very end in verse 10, because it's kind of a warning. And uh, depending on your translation that you use, uh, it says, um, 
and pity the man who doesn't have someone to pick him up. Uh, it is so important. And I, and I think that's, that, that's a big deal, uh, uh, for us as we walk through this life, because, you know, the enemy will do anything he can to, dis- to, to disrupt us and to destroy us and, and, uh, contemplating, uh, uh, taking your own life is, 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 is the ultimate d- destruction that he can do for you. And it's good for us to have those men that walks alongside us that can, can see when things are not quite right. And they can ask those questions. And I would challenge your audience. It's, it's, it's work. It is work. I get it. Especially mm-hmm. for your introverts. It's work to develop that network of men that will pick you up. It's work. You're going to have to get out of the house. You're going to go to the couch. I do this thing every first Thursday of the month. I go have breakfast with a bunch of guys that I met while I was in the throes of my divorce. It was awful. But I met these guys yeah. and we go to we go to breakfast. Uh, this has been going on now for six years. And it's so easy being a guy sometimes. We're, we're, we're simple. We have a text chain. We have a, it's nothing fancy. It's called the camo hat club because men tend to camouflage their emotions. Oh, we yes. Literally. Yeah. We, we literally have a text chain, Mike, and someone says, you know, on the Wednesday before the Thursday, someone goes, hey, is that thing tomorrow? And I go, yeah, that is tomorrow. We're, it's the same place every day. It's Maple Street Biscuit right here in North. I'm in Greenville. Same place, same time, but it sneaks up on you kind of quick. But it's just a text chain, and there's 18 guys on it. Do 18 guys show up? Heck no, because life comes at you. Four or five. And one time, I'll tell you this story. One time a guy showed up, and he didn't look so hot. And we said, dude, what's going on? He said, well, I'm going through a divorce. Mm. Little did he know. Little did he know. He sat down at a table where three of us had gone through one. And I'm like, Nick, how can we help you? You know, we've been there. And that's that's the important part about being a man. And uh, iron sharpens iron. If someone's walked that path before you, they could turn around and help you. And it was kind of cool to see the whole table dynamic change. You go, Nick, here's where we are. And here's how I can help you. Yeah. Well, you know, we, I have someone like the group like that too. They have a group of about 11 or 12 guys that we meet nice. every Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning at nine o'clock and, and uh, actually do a little Bible study, but we have that text chain too, you know, and yeah. uh, every, every the, the day before we, we sent out the reminder and everybody will respond. I'll be there. I'll be there. If I'm not going to be there, this is why I'm not going to be there. And, uh, and so we have that method also to be able to say, to reach out to somebody maybe later, if they don't respond to the chain to say, Hey dude, what's going on? You know, going to miss you tomorrow. That, <laughs> that is so important because a stick yeah. alone can be broken by a child and a stick in a bundle cannot be mm-hmm. broken. Men need to yeah. bundle up. Men yeah. need to bundle up. Amen. Amen. Well, Dennis, our, our time has got away from us and we're, we're, we, we need to wrap this up. And, and I, once again, want to let people know they can get up with, they can go to your website at half and learn all about what you do. And, and uh, I think there's a media page there where they can we, they can fill out also to get more information, try to schedule you for a an event they may like to have you come in and speak at. Or they can email you directly at, I believe you said it was Dennis at halfasorrow.org. Is that correct? That is correct. And we'll do all kinds of stuff. We can do the keynote. We could train the pastoral staff on how to respond. We have this thing called Soul Shop, which is really cool. It trains church leaders. We got all kinds yeah. of stuff, Mike. I just I just need that first move. If if your audience can make the first move, we'll 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 make the rest of the moves. Very good. Well, we'll we'll put all this information into the show notes so you can so you can be able to reach out to him and so forth like that. But uh I do want to give you a minute to, to give one last thought. 
uh, from your perspective and uh, just share whatever you feel God's laid on your heart as we uh, wrap up here. Yeah, and it's, you know, what God's laid on my heart is that 80% number. And that, that, that's the one that keeps me up at night, that 80% of all suicides are guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to your audience right now. Do what you can to protect yourself. It's, it's, your self-care is not selfish. And hanging out with other guys is self-care. Hanging, mm-hmm. It's a protective factor. Mm-hmm. And I meant it when I said a stick alone can be broken by a child, but a stick in a bundle uh, mm-hmm. cannot be broken. I would challenge your men, be it at a church setting or whatever you got to do, bundle up, mm-hmm. find a bundle and, and run with it. And as we get older, guys, we lose friends. We, that's a fact. But work hard. And it is work. You got to do the work. And I get it. If you're depressed, you don't feel like doing the work. I get it. Yeah. Just try. Just try to do one thing. Uh, in the next couple of weeks that helps you improve your social network. Just one thing. Well, well, Dennis, I appreciate you being on today and taking time out of your busy schedule. And, uh, and I thank you for everything you're doing to help men and even women to recognize how we can help our families and our friends along to work through issues that they may be dealing with. And so they won't be a statistic at some point. Very, very appreciative of what you're doing there. We need guys like you. We need guys like you. Uh, which, we need guys, period. <laughs> we need all guys <laughs> on this side of the dirt, please. We we need you. We need you all. Amen. 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 Well, you heard him. You can contact him by going to halfashadow.org, his website, and check out his check out his information there and get up with him through his media page on that website, halfashadow.org. Or you can email Dennis at dennis at halfashadow.org. Hey, I got to say it. I'm saying it right these days. You got, but, it, you uh, got it right. You said, you said it wrong twice. You got it. Half a sorrow. A shared joy is a double joy. A shared sorrow yeah, is half a sorrow. Half, we'll get half it. Half a sorrow. Half a sorrow. Yeah. Amen. But uh, right. any anyway, rate, but thank you for listening to the Shoulder Tap Podcast. The podcast is a production of Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition. And I would encourage you, if you would, uh, to leave us a comment about the program. We would love to hear from you. It also helps us as we develop more program to help us be men who fight the battle for men's souls. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on. He will give you a brook to drink from and a tree to shade you. And this is Mike Salen saying God bless, and I hope you will join me again for the next Shoulder Tap.